God is good and He's faithful. He is so, so, so wonderful this morning. And, um, you know, about, uh, we moved into this, ser- into this, this sermon series called Move. And so, a month or so ago, I, I knew what I was going to be preaching this morning. I had a sermon ready, okay? And then about a week in, ago, matter of fact, last Sunday afternoon, the Lord began to stir in my heart. And he didn't just give me a sermon, he gave me a word. How many people think sermons are good? I appreciate all that affirmation. Pastors, we have no... Thank you for keeping us humble. How many people think sermons are good? (laughs) All right, thank you. Thank you. Just do it just for me, all right? But, But how many know that a word from God is much better? Amen. A sermon may feed you, but a, a word of God will bring life. And, and I believe this morning um, that God has a word for us. Um, and so uh, if you're a guest here this morning, I'm going to treat you like family, all right? And uh, just share this with you. Um, it's really in some ways very simple, but there's so much to it. And, um, and so I want to I jump in this morning. But I, at, at 6.06... 6.06 this morning. Here's one of the ways I know this is word from the Lord. 6.06 this morning, I wake up and I look over, you know, pick up my clock there and look at the clock. It says 6.06. But I wake up hearing these voices, this voice. You better not do that. You better not share that today because you know there's going to be children in there. And you, and you know it's children. You better, you better preach the sermon and save this for later because it could scare them. How many people know that's not how God talks to us? Is that, okay, the rest of us, I'm going to tell you, that's not how God talks to you, all right? It, it, God's not motivating by fear. But I do, there's a, I really felt like that there was a, some things. Over, over the past couple weeks, I have really, really been so thankful as we've talked about moving into to who God wants us to be. I've sensed, and I don't think this is wrong, but I've sensed the heart of the, uh, your heart saying, that's what I want. I want to move and, and move into the, into the divine destiny that God has for me. I, I want to move into being the people that, 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 that really fulfill God's purposes and, and live to, to accomplish what God's created me to accomplish. We all want that, don't we? We all want that. We, we don't want to go through life missing, missing the best that God has for us. And, and part of what he has us for is he has us, and, and again, this may sound like a little bit of a commercial here, but I'm telling you, if, if, you're, if you're missing the equipped classes, the three classes that Pastor Corey did on the Word, you're missing it. The, the, the Martin Living in the Prophetic Wednesday night was, was just off the charts, man. It was, it was phenomenal. He did a great, great job. And come on, let's give them a hand for that this morning, all right? And, and, and we're, we're doing this. This is very intentional as we move through the vision of the church. We're we're, we're working on discipleship and now equipping, and then you'll be hearing more things about being empowered, and, and of course you've already been hearing about serving. This is part of who we are. It's because He loves us, because that's who He is, and He makes us who we are. That's who we are. People that He loves enough to, to per, let us participate in His plans in the earth, and then so we're people who live divinely inspired, divinely appointed, divine destinies, and and not only that, but in part of those divine destinies is that he gives us the opportunity to make divine declarations and to, and to be his voice, to be his mouthpiece, to be his hands, to be his representatives that make an impact in the earth. And, and I believe God's calling us to a new place in that. 
I believe God's calling us to a new place of, of influence in our families and in our homes and in our communities and, and in our world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Whether it's on a, an elementary school campus or, or, or a, a junior high campus or a high school campus or a college campus, I'm telling you, God's looking for people that he can pour himself in and pour himself through. And, and I believe there's a bunch of them sitting here right, today, right here today. Amen? Go ahead and turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you this morning. All right? And then I believe God wants to bring us to a place where and I, and I think this is resonating. I think it's stirring. It's lifting in our hearts where, where there's divine manifestations, okay? Divine demonstrations, divine works that are taking place, works of homes that where there was division and, and strife and, and now there's love and there's, there's just peace and there's unity and there's grace and husbands and wives are building each other up and, and godly heritage is being perpetuated from one generation to another. Amen? Don't you think that's what God's up to? And, and I believe that. And, and not just that, but, but the scripture says that blind eyes will be opened and people will be healed and people who are just left down in the ash pit of life, that they'll be raised up. And, and I know God's desiring to do that in us and through us. And so I've sensed that resonating in, in our hearts. I've sensed people saying, man, that's what I really want. That's what I want to experience. That's who I want to be. At the same time, at the same time, I, this past week, I just believed, I was talking to the Lord Wednesday, or so, last Sunday afternoon, I was like, God, what is it? Why is it that, that our hearts rise to this? Why is it that, that, that in our spirit I can feel that we ascend to it? That's our desire. We see it. We want to be there. But yet there just seems to be a little bit of reticence about stepping in, about moving in, climbing into that next place. And the Lord gave me three words. You ready? Three words, all right? And here are the three words, okay? The first word was that their demonic, was in really what he said was demonic oppression, okay? Now, hear me clearly, okay? Not possession, believers. I don't believe that believers can be possessed, but I do believe that we can open the doors of our lives and that there can be so much demonic influence in our life that... Sometimes it just looks like our lives are being controlled by the enemy and not by God. And so I, I, I was like, Lord, will you tell me? I, I'm preaching to a bunch of demonically controlled people. <laughs> I was like, well, God, you've got to do something here. And God said, that's exactly my plan. I'm going to do something. Amen? How many people know that it's not a surprise that we have to deal with the devil? How many people know Jesus dealt with the devil? Read your Bible, right? It's, it's in there. The devil, you know, he was always accusing or he was trying to trip him up or he was trying to, to get him to, to, to act presumptuously. He was tempting him, the Bible talks about, right? In the, in the New Testament, we read about the devil trying to thwart the plans and halt the plans of, of the apostles. And, and, and the truth is, no matter how young or how old you are, Okay, the devil comes and tries to mess with us. He tries to oppress us. He tries to allow fear to get into our hearts and, and for us to believe wrong things and believe lies about who God is and about who we are and about if our lives matter and about can we fulfill God's purposes in our lives. Satan's always accusing. He's always accusing. And so I believe that he has come 
and that there have been some, some works of oppression, there have been some stronghold, there has been some, some enemy attacks. And the two words that God, I said, really, God, how is this taking place? And he said, specifically through two areas, two areas. The first one was the word discouragement, discouragement. And the second word is the word disappointment. I really believe that, okay? Now, I want you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 2, and we're going to read kind of an obscure section of Scripture that has some really amazing insights into it. And I'm going to, I'm going to work rapidly here. I, I, I last, yesterday, I sat down, and I was just typing and looking up Scriptures, and all of a sudden, I was like, and I printed it off, and I was like, Ten pages, Lord. We usually don't make it through four pages, God. You have got a problem on your hands. So we're, we're not, I know we won't get through all of this today, but I really want to expose where I believe that the enemy has been trying to work through, through disappointment or through discouragement and disappointment. Numbers chapter 21, are you there? All right, verse 4, and it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, to, to go around the land of Edom. Edom was filled with enemies. They didn't want to have to deal with the enemies. And it says, And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Now get the picture here, folks. God is in a fire, a pillar of fire by day, and, and a, or a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He's leading the children. He's raining down manna from them every single day. He's before them. He's leading them. He's with them. And they get discouraged on the way. Read it there. And the soul of the people was much discouraged. They were probably dealing with some depression. They were probably... Why? Just because of day in and day out, walking the walk, living the life, going on the journey. And out of this discouragement, out of this depression... And, and let me just say this. Okay? Being discouraged, being dis depressed, doesn't make you weak. You know what it makes you? It makes you human. Everybody at some point in time is going to, and here's the key word, deal with, not become a victim of, not succumb to, not give in to, but going to have to deal with a little bit of discouragement in our lives. Okay? It says here that the people, because of the way, because the journey was so long, because it was going day after day after day, because of the monotony, because of mon the same manna every single day, eating the same thing, being with the same people, just the general routine of life can get people discouraged. Now, I know nobody here has ever experienced that, right? But you might know somebody who's dealt with it. And the people were discouraged. And the scripture goes on and says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathes this light bread that loathes the manna. Now a couple things I see that happens here in this section of scripture. First of all, okay, when you get discouraged, if you stay too discouraged too long, you know what's going to happen. You're going to grumble. You're going to grumble in the morning. You're going to grumble at night. You're going to grumble at your children. You're going to grumble at your wife. You're going to grumble, 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 right? Anybody ever met anybody like that? I call them, they got the spirit of Eeyore. 
things are bad, but they're going to get worse, right? So, uh, I mean, it's going, yeah, I know, I know it's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And so it says here that they, um, they began to grumble. And when they began to speak, now remember, God's called us to be a people who speak his word, who are living prophetically. God's be, to make declarations in the land, to preach the good news of the gospel. And here they are. What are they doing? Going around grumbling, speaking against God. Saying, why have you brought us out here in the wilderness to die? When we're in a place of discouragement, it's easy to begin to believe lies. It's easy to begin to believe. God doesn't care. I'm not important. He's forgot about us. His plan's not good. And let me just tell you this. Whether you're in the first grade or whether you're retired, whether you're going into a new place and a new position of life or into a new campus, can I tell you, there's always going to be the accusations of the enemy that says, hey, this is where God leaves you. I told somebody recently, I said, it's amazing to me how many times sitting here on the front row by this beautiful, wonderful woman that I get to sit with, trying to make up for a few things from last week, but okay, so... <clears throat> That, uh, that, uh, that, that sitting here, get ready to step up and to preach, and, and, and this is the kind of thing I'll hear. Today's the day. Today's the day you blow it. Today's the day you, you cuss during service. Today's the, day you, today's the day you say the wrong thing. Today's the day when you make everybody bad. Today's the day when it all falls apart. Today's the day. Man, and I'm like, what in the world? Where? And all of a sudden, wait a minute. Listen, just because you're in church doesn't mean that the, the enemy's not going to try and work on you. Amen. Okay, I know you didn't bring him, but somebody might have brought him with him, all right? So, that's all right, <laughs> right? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, amen? So the people, you'll begin to believe some wrong things. God didn't bring them out there to die. God brought them to a, so he could bring them into a new place, a place that was their own, a place of blessing, a place where there was more than enough, a place of his own choosing for a people of his own choosing, Amen? And listen, that's God's plan for you. It's a good plan, folks. Look, talk to, tell somebody beside you, God's got a good plan for your life. Amen? I'm telling you, God's got a good plan for your life. And that God was going to leave them and, and that God wasn't going to provide for them. <coughs> listen, the scripture says here, it says here, there's no, um, neither is there any water. Well, that's not true. Time and time again, God provided water for them on the journey. You know what happens, though? Is sometimes when we get discouraged, we lose a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness, a spirit of appreciation, a spirit that says, I'm thankful that I was able to wake up this morning. I'm thankful that I was able to have some water to drink. I'm thankful that I had some clothes to put on and a car to get in and a job to go to and a family to live life with. Amen? We get unthankful. So the scripture goes on and it says that... Um, and, the, so, and our soul doesn't even like this manna. The, we, we don't like the provision that God's made for us today. And folks, you stick around long enough, you'll hear this. People will start grumbling about their jobs. They'll start grumbling about their, their wives or their husbands or their house or their car. Or the, and all of a sudden, that which was perfectly fine yesterday, that which was a blessing from God yesterday, now I'm tired of it. Now I'm just sick and tired of it. And what has, what's changed hasn't been the person, hasn't been the situation, hasn't been the job. What's changed has been us. Amen? And God's saying, hey, I want to deal with that. Now, I want to tell you a story here real quickly. Years ago, <clears throat> years ago when Yvette and I lived uh, in the Bahamas, we... Uh, 
were pastoring a, a church and we started got involved with a Christian school and Yvette was see now you'll understand why I was being very nice here a minute ago um, Yvette was teaching first second and third grade and they were doing Bible studies and they came to this section of Scripture all right and so Yvette shared the section of Scripture with these first second and third graders and told them they said do you see what happened the children, the people of God grumbled and the Lord sent fiery serpents among them and they bit the people and the people died. So we don't want to grumble, right? Well, can you see the first, second, and third graders fill in? And the, if I grumble, God's going to send snakes and bite me and I'm going to die. So after dealing with about 20 parents that called me and said, my child came home crying and I don't... And I still love you, baby, so, you know. Let me tell you, okay? Read the rest of the story. Don't stop in the middle of the story, all right? God's plan wasn't for people to die. God's plan was for people to have a change of their hearts. And so the scripture says that the fiery serpents bit them and they ran to Moses and they came to Moses and Moses, we've sinned. We've spoken against the Lord. We've spoken against you. Pray unto the Lord that he'll take away the servants. And Moses, Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make, the, make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone who's bitten, when he looks upon it, he shall live. And so Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole. And it came to pass that anyone who was bitten by the serpent, when he beheld the serpent, when he looked to it, he lived. He lived. Isn't that good news? Even in the midst of, of change, of transition, of judgment, of correction, that God still made a way for his people to live. His plan, how many people, don't you, I, I've heard people, man, wouldn't it be great today if we were just walking through life and all of a sudden things weren't going our way and we just had, we started grumbling. We had something that we could look to. We had a brass serpent that we could look to. We had, can I tell, hey folks, listen. God has done that for us in a true, in a real and living way. Not just so that we could continue to look to the, not just so that we could have life, but that so that we could have eternal life. He put Jesus on a cross. Jesus carried all the weight of our sin, our grumbling, our complaining and everything else so that you and I could live. You know, the, and, and let, let, let's move on. There's so much I can say there, but it says then that the people lived and the children of Israel went forward and pitched their camp in Oboth. Oboth. And, and, and Oboth, I looked that word up, and what it really means is a place of water skins. Uh, in our contemporary world, it, they, they, it was a place of bottles. So what, what they were saying is they moved out of this place of grumbling on their journey. Got them, God brought them to a place where they would have enough substance for the day. They just had enough to get by. And how many people here have ever felt like, you don't have to raise your hand, but just felt like, man, I just, I'm just getting by today. I'm just, I'm just one foot in front of the other, just struggling along, just trying to make it. There's not enough for anybody else, just enough to sustain me. I don't have anything to give to my marriage. I don't have anything to give to my family. I don't have anything to give to my job, to give to my church, to give to my community. And you know what? Can I tell you? That's not where God wants us. As a matter of fact, the scripture goes on and it says they journeyed in verse 11 from Oboth and they pitched at Ejabirim in the wilderness, which is before Moab, toward the sun rising. And from thence they removed and they pitched their camp in the valley of Zered. And, and you know what I, I thought was interesting? And here's what my, uh, my notes say this. It says that uh, Zered is, um, it's from, an, an, it's from an, a root meaning 
that means exuberant in growth. Exuberant in growth. Listen, can I tell you God's plan for you? Look at me, everybody. God's plan for you is not just enough to get through the day. God's plan for you is to have exuberant growth. As a matter of fact, one of the pictures that this word talks about, it says that, that this place was a place that had a, a running clear brook, and beside that brook there were big shrubs, luscious greenery. God wants you to be that person who is planted by the rivers of water. That person who's tapped into the life-giving presence of Almighty God. Amen? God wants you to be that person that always has the flow of God in him and keeping him lush and green and full and not having just enough for yourself, but enough for everybody around you. God wants to source of our lives. But when we're living in discouragement, when we're living in that place where we just feel like that there's no hope, no cause, no strength, it's going to be hard. And can I tell you, that's not how God wants his people to live. In Romans chapter 15, the scripture goes on and says this. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days, listen to this, whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, we've talked about it a lot over the last few weeks, that there is strength in this word. There is encouragement in this word. I'm telling you, if you're going through a season and if you're dealing with some discouragement, you've been feeling like, man, I just, I've been waiting and, it, and I'm just struggling here. Can I tell you, the first place to find encouragement is right here in the Word of God. God, will you speak to me? God, will you talk to me? God, will you re remind me of who you are? Who you are. God, remind me of who you are. Don't you love it when God reminds us of who He is? That He is God who loves us, and He is God who is for us, and He is God who is with us, and He is God who will never leave us or forsake us, and He's God who's more than enough in every situation. Don't you love that when He reminds us of who He is? And He goes on and He prays. He says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. And there's so much more we could say just about encouragement. As a matter of fact, I printed a whole section of scriptures. I challenge you, make, write this down as a homework assignment, okay? You're going, wait a minute, I gotta get my bearings here. Homework in church, that's, hold on. All right, come on, write this down. Just go and look up scriptures about encouragement and see the times where it says the people who trust in God. They are people who are encouraged and the Lord encouraged them and the, the Lord came back and he, he gave them a word of encouragement or he sent a brother or a sister to encourage them. God's plan is for his pre people to be encouraged. So, so again, I believe that, that the two things, I believe that there's been some, some open doors <coughs> of some demonic things that have been allowed to, some unbelief, some lies, some some things because we've allowed ourselves to be discouraged, discouraged, not having courage. Martin, you said it earlier this morning, that God, we would be people who are encouraged, people who are filled with courage, 
people who are as bold. The Bible says that the righteous, righteous are as bold as a lion. Man, that God's people, if we should have anything, we should have courage because God fills our lives, as we just read, with hope, with hope that comes in Jesus Christ. But the second thing that I think has been operating in some of our lives, in some of our lives today, has been disappointment. Disappointment. Anybody here ever suffered a, dis a disappointment in life? All right. Anybody's team lose this weekend? All right. I know we had some, a couple, we had a couple, we had a, a Christian, is, I guess the youth were out getting ready for our, for our, our lunch here today, getting ready to service, but man, if you, if you didn't get to read about it, Christian was kind of one of the, Christian Hooper, Corey and Tristy's son, was, was the, one of the heroes at the Grace game. They made a, a saving tackle, made a field goal, just had an, an astounding uh, game there. How many people would rather, would rather win than be disappointed? Anybody rather win? I'd rather win. But I, but I think that sometimes disappointment can get into our hearts, and especially in this area, <clears throat> especially when it comes to the area of timing. I, I don't know about you, I tell, I tell people, you know, that, that as I grow in the Lord and mature in the Lord, or just plain get old, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> that, um, that, that, that I don't know that I necessarily miss the direction of God as much. But sometimes the timing of God bugs me. Anybody here have been bugged by the timing of God? I, I mean, really, I, I've said this before, but maybe we should just take up a collection and buy God a new watch, right? A, a watch that runs on our time. <laughs> so. But maybe you've been disappointed because of some kind of a timing in your life. Maybe, um, maybe in, I'll just read my notes, maybe the finances have not come in yet. Yet. The bills keep coming. How many people know the bills keep coming, right? The, 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 the tuition payments keep coming, the, the car payments, the insurance payments, the house payments. It keeps coming, but sometimes boy, it seems like the finances, the timing on finances just is lagging. How about this? The spouse just hasn't showed up yet. I've been believing, I've been praying, I've been waiting, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been looking, I've, I, you know, I've, I've, as I walk across the campus, as I walk across the, the, the workplaces, I'm, I've got my eye open, Lord, I'm watching, you know, watch and pray, watch and pray here, right? I'm watching and praying, right? But God hasn't showed, that person hasn't showed up yet. How about this? How about the healing has not come yet? And, and I don't understand, God. We know that by your stripes, we are, we were healed. Christ suffered so that we would not have to suffer. And, but God, I don't understand. Why, why hasn't the healing come yet? And can I say that sometimes if you're asking that question, you're in pretty good company. I remember the scripture telling us that Paul went to the Lord three times and said, God, what about this? What about this, this thing, this thing, Lord? And, and the Lord said, hey, my grace is sufficient. Anybody else found God's grace to be sufficient? Until he heals, his grace will be sufficient. Amen. But, but, but that timing and it kind of, the disappointment wears us down and it, and it just kind of drains us. And, and we can find that those arms which we well, once held up strong, I don't know, the Bible says that sometimes they can just kind of, do you ever just feel kind of like you're just like an old limp noodle? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and disappointment and, and I didn't get the acknowledgement and I didn't get the promotion and I didn't, the provision, where is it at, God? And, and God, where's the comfort? And, and God, where's the strength for my mind? And God, where, 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 God? And it hasn't happened yet. And, and all we can see 
is all that has not happened yet. The child hasn't come back to God yet. That, 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 that thing hasn't changed yet. And, and all of a sudden, every time there's a delay, we have to be careful, I believe, about letting seeds of disappointment get planted into our hearts. And we'll talk about this in a minute because the issue really is our heart. It really, really is our heart. You know, we know the slogans, right? And the scriptures. And we know, oh, God's got everything under control. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean under your understanding. Oh, God's going to lead you in the way God's. And it's truth. <laughs> but there's still, in our hearts, we feel something different. Has anybody ever read that scripture in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12? It says, this it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. One, one translation says it saddens the heart. And sometimes we deal with sadness, and letting sadness abide in our lives leads to sickness. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, all we can think about is the mourning and the sorrow and the discouragement and the defeat and the, the lack and what we don't have. And, and our hearts get sick. You know, that's, that's where the real issue is today, guys. It's in our hearts. Mark 11 puts it like this. It says, And Jesus answered them, and he said, Have faith in God. But I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Okay? Because a lot of times, and somebody may have said this recently, I don't know if it was Corey or Martin or somebody said, A lot of times we can stand and we can make the proclamations of faith. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And in our hearts we're going, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Boy, I'd believe a whole lot easier if I saw it first. <laughs> God, if you'll let me see it, then I'll really believe it. And the Bible says here that, and if he does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says it will come to pass. It's one thing to say, I trust the Lord with all my heart. It's another thing that says, with all my heart, I do trust the Lord. Amen? That trust is in my heart because I know who God is. I trust Him. I trust Him. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask in prayer and believe that you have received, it will be yours. Even being able to pray and forgive other people, it'll be yours. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, yeah, we need to speak things, but can I tell you that, that sometimes our tongues don't always represent what's in our heart. We want it to come out of the life-giving place, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, for it's guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart springs forth the issues of life. So God, deal with the issues of my heart. Because we can put on a smile and we can fake it and we can put on a front. And, and I told somebody that, I don't, somebody was telling me not too long ago, I, I don't like to just put a smile. When I'm upset, I'm, now listen, that's a different thing. I'm saying there's times we're loving. There's times we don't cast all of our burden on people. What do we do with our burden? We take it to who? To the Lord, right? We take it to Jesus, right? We can help carry, we can share each other's burdens, but only He can take our burdens. Okay, and so we come to the Lord and, 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 and we say, God, here, deal with my heart. And so I want you to know God's plan is not for you to live in disappointment. Here's just a few scriptures. 
Psalm chapter 22, verse 5. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. Listen to me, folks. Disappointment is not a part of God's plan for your life. Doesn't mean you'll never have to deal with it, but it's not where you're going to live. Amen? You might pass through it, but don't build a house there, okay? Romans 9.33, just as it is written, Behold, I lay in, in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of fence, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Do you hear this today? Folks, do you hear this today? He who believes in Jesus will not be disappointed. The ultimate plan of God in your life is not disappointment. Romans 10.11 for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Romans 5.5, 5, hope does not disappoint. Hope, well, wait a minute, I've hoped for some things and I've been disappointed. Well, there's the difference. Our hope is not in the things. Our hope is not in the stuff. Our hope is not in the provision or the person. Our hope is in God Almighty, amen? Our hope is in the Lord God. And God, I will trust you to lead and to direct my life in all places. Why do I hope in the Lord? Why does hope not disappoint? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I mean, let's go back and look at Romans chapter 5 again. In, in verse uh, 5 it says this, Hope does not put us to shame. Romans chapter 5 verse 5, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out. Can I, can I tell you that, that this is what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to hope in something and then be disappointed and then be ashamed that you ever dare to hope for it. How, how could I trust God to bless me? How could I trust God to, to forgive my sins? How could I trust God to, to give me favor in that situation? How could I trust God to, 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 to bless me with an abundance? How could, oh, how could I hope for that? And to shame. And can I tell you, it says this. It says, hope does not put us to shame. It does not dishonor us. It does not disgrace us. It does not make us ashamed. It does not make us blush with shame. One is said to be put to shame who suffers a repulse or whom some hope was deceived. Listen, when, we, uh, when shame, when we start feeling in our heart, oh, I'm just, man, I don't even want to talk about it. What about that dream? What about that desire? What about those thoughts? And come on, let's look at me, church. What about those thoughts about taking the kingdom of God and being a, making a great impact for God? What about that, that dream of having some type of an, an endeavor that's going to make an impact in generations to come? What about being the kind of person that's going to be such a light for Jesus that multitudes of souls are going to be changed? And we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Man, that's just, that's just too big. That's too much. That's too far. That's, no, I'm just embarrassed. I, you know, I'm just a regular old person. Who might even think such a thing? Is that just arrogance in my heart? And you'll hear that. The enemy will come along and he'll say, you're just being arrogant. You're just being prideful. You're just being all these things. And can I tell you, that's not what God says. God says, I put a dream. I put a desire. I put something in your heart. So don't back up from it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter if it takes days or weeks or months for years, my hope is in the Lord. And God, I'm going to walk every day saying, thank you, God. I'm one step closer. I'm one day closer. I'm one minute closer. I'm one pound closer. Amen. Whew, I felt that last one there. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
right? Man, that's, that's God's plan. We are not, we, we do not have a hope that is deceived. We have a hope that comes from God. And so here, let's wrap up with this today, all right? So, so what do we do? What if we've allowed some influence of the enemy to come into our life? What do we do if we've allowed some disappointment or some discouragement to get seated and settled in our hearts? We remove it. Amen? Anybody ready today? Say, I'm ready to remove it so I can move beyond it. Amen? And that's the word I believe God has for you today. You can move beyond your disappointment. You can move beyond your discouragement. 